to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Good morning, listener, and welcome to episode 141 of The Big Red Couch. Here in the noisiest flat on Earth, I'm Craig, and on the other side of the world, where quietness reigns supreme... It's been. Eh, it's pretty quiet. You know, no one's going outside. There's had a smell of burning the last few days, though. I think someone's getting to grips with their uh, first winter fire. Ah, uh, I, I did see an enormous, what I'm assuming is a backyard, backyard sort of foliage burn-off going on um, a few days ago. And I'll admit my initial thought, given the amount of smoke that was drifting everywhere, was you had better be, be disposing of a body. <laughs> Right. And you're you not doing it very subtly, if you are. Yeah, it's like, the situation I want there to be is there was an argument over the last spoonful of marmalade, things got heated, somebody got stabbed to death with a dessert fork, and you're disposing of the evidence. Because otherwise, you're just being a dick, causing that much smoke, when nobody can get away from it. Yeah. And there, there's an acrid quality to whatever's going on. It's either, like, damp leaves or an old couch. But it's not it's not coming from a backyard. It seems to be coming from a chimney. So maybe folks just aren't familiar with the operation of your uh, admittedly generally fairly crappy New Zealand internal uh, fireplaces. A lot of the time, those things aren't really that necessary. A lot of the time. And then people don't get real keen to fire them up at a particular season. And, and you know... I'd say they suck, but that's what a chimney is intended for, so... <laughs> I mean, my parents' cat used to inform them when it was cold enough to have a fire lit by sitting directly in front of it and staring pointedly at it, occasionally glancing at them to see if they'd figured it out yet. Yeah, cats have their own ways. Indeed. So, yes, how, how are things in the People's Glorious Republic of not doing things horribly wrong vis-a-vis coronavirus... Um, it seems good. I mean, there's the usual... I mean, we went just a couple of days ago. No, that was actually... That was the start of last week. Time has no meaning anymore. As I, as I keep saying when people ask me what time is, time is a flat circle. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been we categor- we've been back to level three, which is basically level four, but with pizza. Which isn't the worst thing in the world. And people have been complaining about things not working the way they should or it be going too slowly or too quickly but it seems under control and people have decided that the people making the decisions right now don't appear it can be completely insane and they're going along with it so yeah that's it's not a uh it's, it's a good place to be yeah mm, yes I, I am receiving the emails inexplicably facebook updates from the uh, new zealand Ministry of Foreign Affairs, who these days uh, seem to be mostly involved with trying to arrange to get New Zealanders who are stranded in increasingly weird places in the world back to New Zealand. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit of a outlier that in that regard, as New Zealanders appear to just feck off to all random parts of the globe. And you don't timing this 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 at this moment is not the best, and we had a few few folks who haven't made it back either because they'd rather not risk it or something tragic has happened but yeah mm. yeah people in peru apparently an enormous number of people in india mm. and of course once once airports started closing uh, 
the the available routes kind of dropped off fairly quickly. Oh yes, your options your options dry up pretty fast at that point. Yeah, I think at this point, if I if I wanted to go back to New Zealand, I'm probably walking. Hmm. So that that'd take a while. Not gonna lie. Indeed, indeed. Take a really long while. I did, however, have a go at playing with the Google uh, Transit uh, thingy, and amusingly, it will give me walking directions from where I live to Singapore. Golly. Indeed. Even gives advice on the ferry, uh, which ferries to take. Uh, I know from that point there is, like, land connections. It's just... I suppose at that point it's just like A-star all the way down, isn't it? You're just going to, like, join the uh, join the dots and go, yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, whether that is wow. an actual feasible route, I suspect not. Um, I didn't see anything of, you know, Google Maps cannot help you now, but if you can befriend the Firewolf, he will guide you. Uh, kind of territory. <laughs> There's probably some murky spots and, you know, the odd, the odd... Yeah, certainly, the, definitely now, you know, there's certainly some places where... One just just not casually saunter from one one side of the, uh, the the dotted line on the map to the other without answering some questions. One does not simply walk into Pakistan. No, seriously, one does not simply walk into Pakistan. One needs a visa because yeah, that's yeah, how that it is. works, people. <laughs> that, that is how nations. They may, may be maybe a flawed concept in some people's eyes, but that is one of the basic functions. Yeah, cool. That, that does sound like a bit of a, a bit of a jaunt. I have heard about people doing ultra marathons like in their yard, including one, I think, a gent England who, who's turning one hundred, so he did a like hundred laps of his of his yard. Formerly Captain, now Colonel Tom. Hmm. Yes. And raised some serious money for the HS, which is you know. I think well done. I mean, just well done for going around your yard a hundred times. You know, I think it was thirty <laughs> million. Yeah, yeah, for, for say, NHS yeah. charities. Yeah, it was bizarre and baffling, uh, but kind of nice. And yeah, hmm. he, he got made an honorary colonel for his hundredth uh, birthday by Her Majesty. Well, yeah, can't doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem disagreeable at all. I mean, other people have pointed out that if they made him a major, they could have got a David Bowie reference in there. But you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you like <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. what exactly the the the, re, the the retirement benefits got bumped or anything, or maybe they just there was some sort of quota that they needed to fill. They said they said honorary colonel. I mean, I would have mm. thought at, at, at some point you could have just made him an actual colonel because he's a hundred years old. He is probably not going to cost you that much on a colonel's pension. Yes, that is true. That is true, and it sounds like he's <laughs> going to spend it all either on comfortable shoes or charity. So, <laughs> or possibly waiting until the pub goes uh, um, opened and heads down for a quick bracing gin. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And it sounds like he's earned it. So, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, and like I say, there's people doing like so. There are people live streaming ultra marathons. Some on like just running around rooms, which sounds like. You know, at this point, the, 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 the aliens intercepting the broadcast signals are pr- probably just like, oh. Yeah, oh, oh, hell no. I'm not sticking my probe anywhere near that. That's that's just crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, that is, uh, that's uh, frightening shit. <laughs> or on treadmills and so forth. And heard of somebody yeah. climbing and, uh, Mount Everest using the stairs in their apartment building. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So there's, people are adapting in various ways. Improvise, adapt, overcome, and as always, remember the the motto of survival situations: it's foraging if you don't know their name. 
Uh, that's that leads almost terrifyingly well into this episode's prompt, doesn't it? Because that's how organised we are, audience. This stuff's planned. We have a script for this bent. We do not, in any circumstance, have anything like a script. We get talking until something vaguely lines up and somebody jumps for it. Well, you've shattered their illusions now. The thrill <laughs> is gone. You've destroyed the magic. I mean, it had to happen eventually. <laughs> We're 141 episodes in. So, yes. As, as a, a, an entirely natural transition from um, vague references to cannibalism, um, we <laughs> have the... Sorry. Um, sorry that i I did (laughs) do do you need a moment no i'm good i'm good (laughs) so as a a seamless and and flawless transition from vague references to cannibalism we have today's prompt which i think is my fault and which reads here have a protein squirrel i wasn't organized enough to go looking for the context for that comment did you manage to recall what it was i actually re-listened to the episode oh my goodness um that's that that's how far it's 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 sunk here people <laughs> we, we we are in the end times it's truly desperate i'm listening to old episodes of my own podcast there is no hope well i don't know this is this nice thing of nostalgia i mean i i don't tend to because i'm doing the editing but when i re-edited our semi-regrettable experiment with uh, the the uh, role-playing as magic property oh it yeah. was that was nice to revisit the the the, the good old days when we could go outside no <laughs> yes and uh, it, it's a shame we didn't actually record the game because the game was quite fun character mm. generation was appalling but game was quite fun <laughs> yeah I, I, I well i, I did did take the system and and, and gently loft it into the back of the garden before proceeding so um <laughs> and we appreciated that so much yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know but i don't know if our reputations as big burly men will uh, survive a, a full ap of um my little pony my little pony well we'll, we'll figure that out when we, we come to it though yeah so understandable understandable you reviewed the uh, the source material to find out the depth and breadth of the allegations the the gist of it was the our episode are you henry david thoreau uh-huh. and one of the ideas and i think it was one that kind of came out of the the nattering back and forth between the two of us which is realistically 90 to 95 percent of the show anyway uh, mm-hmm. was the idea of troubleshooters from alpha complex so paranoia, attempting to contact Henry David Thoreau because they've found a copy of Walden. Or possibly because the friend computer has decided that it wants to stamp out the secret societies, has picked the Sierra Club, who are all about nature, or at least what they imagine to be nature, and the computer has somehow traced it back and decided that the book Walden, or On Walden Pond, is, is the cause of it all. If, if that book can be stopped from ever existing, it's, it's basically Terminator, right. but Terminator, but, but with 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 seminal American mopey literature. Indeed, and um, <laughs> somewhere along the line, the idea of uh, these troubleshooters crashing around in an environment they don't understand came about. Thus, the phrase of "Here, have a protein squirrel." Indeed, indeed. And if they've gotten far enough to identify the things that contain protein that won't try and murder you immediately, they're actually doing really well, <laughs> gotta say. I mean, they may just have completely misunderstood 
Yeah, assuming that the concept of a protein bar even exists in Alpha Complex, it may be that they've simply decided, well, obviously these things running around just must be sources of protein, and they really haven't gotten any further than that. So it could have been, here have a protein skunk, or here have a protein bear. Though that one's going to be a very short conversation. Indeed, indeed. I mean, I think, you know, I think, actually, I think Alpha Complex is the kind of situation where only the concept of protein bars exist as nutrition. Mm-hmm. That and some sort of terrible energy drink. It's that kind of dystopia. So them having found out that you can't eat the big brown columns with the green solar panels on them, and you those things, those other things are probably rocks, just like they are an alpha complex. Yeah. yeah. So them actually getting that point, this is pretty advanced and probably cause for suspicion for treason. Indeed. On the other hand, <laughs> if one of them does try to eat a squirrel. I my uh, squirrels are quick. Like <laughs> I, I don't like the chances of catching one, and I don't like the chances of actually finishing the bite. I, I think the squirrel's going to bite back, and frankly, it has more to lose in this situation. Yeah, but they do have lasers and you know that, plasma generators and other another fun that, thing. That, that so is probably true. Like, they can at least cook their protein squirrel. Where are we going with this? I don't know. Anyway, so we had games based on this frankly disturbing collection of five words indeed yay i in my usual way have an idea that i think is pretty good but needs some work and an idea that is frankly ludicrous that i just want to share with people because i think it's funny fair enough john has in his also in his usual way come up with a way of making a game out of one of the ideas that I immediately discarded because I couldn't figure out a way of making game uh, game from it. So thank you and damn you. <laughs> and Ben, I have systematized a weird part of my experience to try and make a game out of it, and maybe have succeeded this time. I am intrigued. Hmm. So, how should we arrange this here? Shall we break with tradition and uh, all bonds of fealty and go with John's idea first? It's a daring plan. I like it. All right. Buckle up, folks. Here, have a protein squirrel. Words that will haunt your characters for the rest of their unnatural lives. Well, artificially limited lives, that is. Welcome to the fun, edible world of Foodco, a wholly owned subsidiary of Monsanto Incorporated. Yes, Foodco provides you with all of your nutritional needs with fun, Edible products like meat, bacon, both of these have H's in them, but I don't know how to pronounce that, and other trademark nutritional products. We, we need to we need to comment that Foodco has spelled P-H-Triple-O-D, capital C-O, no spaces. Indeed. Foodco. Yeah. Foodco and meat, bacon. Yeah. Yeah, it's meat and bacon. Yeah, it, it's it's like you've dropped a, a, an apostrophe in there, so it's meat and ba- bacon. Okay, so coughing yeah, slightly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of little bit of glottal action okay. or something like that. I'm going to be lynched by a bunch of linguists in a moment. I can tell. Indeed. Please continue. All right. So, how do the players fit into this? One of the hottest products out of Food Co. is their latest creation, the Protein Squirrel, a protein-rich edible product with the great taste of squirrel, and like all hot. Con- consumer consumables, it has a mascot. Slap Happy the Protein Squirrel. And since Foodco is in the business of GMOs, genetically modified organisms, they created their mascot in the flesh. Yes, you, the player, are one of the many GMO creations out flogging these squirrel-like edibles. 
Happy and carefree, thanks to the behavioural control chips implanted in your brain. Now, you're as much squirrel as the product you're selling. That is, not even close. Your ancestry includes New World monkeys and foxes for the fluffy tail. And the product, it's more closely related to soybeans and artichokes than any mammal. But hey, it sells. Crèche-raised and trained, with the behaviour chips keeping you uh, in line, has made many of the slap-happy squad quite morose and despondent. You and your fellow slap-happies were part of a troop set to sell the latest version of Protein Squirrel. Flying squirrel on a stick! And that's when it happened. The chips in your head stopped talking to you and reinforcing good behaviour with shocks. For some reason, you're now free of corporate control. Only, you're not a person. You're a gemo, with all the rights of a toaster oven. In fact, toaster ovens have more rights than you. If Foodco finds out that you're no longer under control, you'll be turned into monkey snack bars. So the game is that the players are now a group of gemos free of all corporate control, but not in a location that would let them simply run away. At least not at this moment. The handlers have no idea of what has happened, as the chips are still receiving commands, but are no longer enforcing. They now have to find a way to escape and seek some kind of sanctuary, perhaps with whoever hacked their behaviour chips. It's definitely a one-shot game, more akin to Logan's run, with just as dire results if they fail. So, pass the bacon and eggs. That's E-H-K-K-S. Eat some fungi chips and play some anthropomorphic critters doing their best imitation chicken run. John went on to say, I debated adding in the organisation that freed them, Animal Rights Suffrage Enablers, or (laughs) Animal Nation Universal Survival, but I decided both were too silly. Let's just dwell on that phrase for a moment, shall we? Yep, yep, let's let it soak in. (laughs) As for the Slap Happies, they are all technically sexless, though genetically female, but no reproductive bits, so even if they do escape... No baby slap happies. Mostly because they are more or less clones of each other and it would not result in something you'd want to look at. Taz then cropped up to say, food that reproduces outside of the factory has no profit margin. And I concluded the thread with, oh, just go ahead and add food that reproduces outside of the factory to my list of phrases I never wanted to have a mental image for. Yes. Wow. That's a, that's a real problems at home, son. <laughs> bitch. Um, but this is what lockdown does to us, people. Yeah, this is this is rather terrifyingly complete and, and very alpha, yeah, alpha complex inspired. The uh, various the, the fraudulent food stuffs and behavioral correction via electric shock. Very on brand with the original idea. Love it. Yeah. Whew. I'm liking. Well, I'm, I'm liking it a lot because it does have this nice thing of. This is a desperately silly and ridiculous setting, but the consequences for your characters are very real and very bad. And so the, 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 the sort of the playoff between those two is quite fun. Because even if you do escape, and presumably you're going to want to escape, what the hell do you do then? Well, there is, there is definitely going to be a sort of a melancholy question mark kind of pre credit scene, but yeah, that... It's ridiculous, but it's not a ridiculous way when everyone would go, aha, that'd never happen exactly like that. <laughs> oh god, this might be prison break the to a certain extent this is prison prison break the weird mascot game. The property that I would most closely associated it with would be a Grant Morrison comic, I think, called We Three. I know the one. Yeah. There's the um, the rabbit, cat, and dog that have been set up to be basically 
terrifying anti-terrorist drones, but are also uplifted animals. Mm. And so the rabbit's got a tiny vocabulary. The cat can basically just swear. And the dog is, is doing its best tech speech with lots of good boys in it. And if someone makes a movie out of that, it'll be a f- just a horrifying tearjerker. So that would oh, be... Yeah. that's that's what, Yeah. And it's, I think, a decade ago when I was like first... You know, I, I remember rereading it going, oh, that would be a really good movie. Someone could do it properly, but that'd be really hard. These days it would be trivial. I mean, expensive, but trivial. Mm. Um they, I, I mean, they kill a couple of special effects studios, but that's apparently normal. That's why they have so many of them and farm the work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, that would be a, that would be a fascinating thing. So yeah, that, in the way that paranoia is kind of a bleakly comic look at hyper exaggerated sort of setting. Yeah, that would be uh, an interesting thing. There's lots of possible ways that you could sort of do it like from from the moment you have realized that you you could escape do you play along or do you make a break for it immediately how do you how do you establish that that's a really interesting thing and and what sort of range do you give the play the players how how do you kind of work the game to be this is the this is the tool set you've got to do to solve problems because obviously you're not well i i don't anticipate your um combat machines in this particular instance presumably not no yeah it's kind of i mean yes you could do this as the one shot the sort of the 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 logan's run escape one shot you could turn this into the longer running the longer the longer running escape thing of you need to put all of the pieces in place and indeed figure out what they are Mm. to have a successful escape so there's a couple of different approaches you could you could do there straight away. Hmm. It would be entertaining if the organization that um, sort of set you set, set you free were assuming that you were going to do one thing, possibly just going on a killing rampage, and then you haven't done it, and they're trying to figure out why. Hmm. Well, maybe it's just, you know, someone pushed a software update and it's not worked. That's alarmingly plausible. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> And yeah, you've just got this this window where actually there's there is just you. You are you are the people the, you are the entities that will need to save yourselves. Mm. There is nothing yes, because not only do you need to get away, you need to find a way of disguising the fact that you are a gigantic anthropomorphic squirrel. That cannot be easy. True. Do you not do specifically You say gigantic for a squirrel. I guess when you say mascot, we're thinking mascot costume sized that so you, is true yeah if you weren't yeah. full size if you were sort of cute and adorable size mm. somewhere like spider monkey or macaque size or something rather than um okay so we're heading into rats of nim territory here yeah a little bigger but yeah maybe yeah. the um if they were like gritty the the you know the ice hockey mascot you probably wouldn't need a squad of them because that would they'd be terrifying by themselves yeah but mm, you never know that's always that, that i mean you always goes there's always the possibility of going on a terrifying rampage also if you've got a group of players you want to differentiate them somehow so it's got to be you got to think about ways you can do that whether it's their skill sets or their um their attitudes or whatever so that'd be an interesting thing as well I guess I'd probably set it up that the that they'd as a unit that 
always kind of dreamed of escape. I mean, so there's something, some squirrel logic that's been embedded in their 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 monkey brain is that yeah, we'd really like to run up a tree. I mean, that that seems to be like thing where we're supposed to be doing, not handing out flyers or free samples, interacting with children and getting them to purchase. They're probably child size. Oh god, yeah, yeah, that's somewhat yeah. more terrifying. Yeah, which which means why that makes sense why there's a squad of them so you can like kind of have you know spares and have them move around in a crowd and so forth, but not be too intimidating. Yeah, but the um, the idea that you know they've been there is there is a, a, a instinct about freedom that is that's built in, and partially because you know they're supposed to be happy, fun loving squirrels. I'm sure there's a different way you could spell that, but. They have, but they're never actually allowed to express that other than in the adverts. Mm. So, yeah, maybe they have this plan and suddenly somehow they're freed and the plan can be put into effect. Maybe it's very sort of piecemeal and they haven't really kind of like think, right, this is where we go from point A, but maybe they're thinking, right, let's go. And it might be something that involves going to a mystical place which they don't know the what of and gets very watership down. But going to the forest, because they've always heard about the forest. Mm, they've never mm. been, or been to one or really seen anything other than pictures of one. Yes. Yeah. You'd have to pick you pick your mark at, of where you want to kind of have them, what to have them strive for. And you could just have them like run for the nearest open space and then try and figure out where to go from there. But that could feel a little bit... It's trouble theming that apart from outright panic. I mean, the temptation to go a bit Planet of the Apes reboots, set it in um, San Francisco, because then you've got Muir Woodlands just across the bay. Hmm. Of course, they are child-sized anthropomorphic squirrels. It's going to be a little bit interesting getting on the ferry. Having them, like, delightfully commandeering vehicles and doing all sorts of crazy stuff and, and trailing devastation behind them would be pretty good. Got to say that would be pretty good. Yeah, I can I can see that. I'm I'm liking that idea. Has kind of a quags feel to it, maybe. It does. Yeah, yeah. Quags quags good at. Um, has it got the range for distinguishing how the characters can be different without sort of making one the strong, yeah. three foot tall squirrel? Because um, you've got <laughs> the you've got sort of the the knacks and quirks and that kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that would that would could really sell it. Yeah. And I, I am liking more and more the. I mean, it has a certain Madagascar uh, vibe as well. The you know, kind of commandeering a vehicle that they sort of understand how to drive. In that one of them drove one once in an advert. Hmm. It was fairly heavily um, heavily modified. It was basically a go pedal and a a steering wheel. So the the idea that something doesn't just stop when you put your take your foot off the accelerator is going to be an exciting learning experience for them. Yes. Yeah, and and the comedy possibilities of them collectively driving a, a vehicle, you know, with look people being lookouts and people operating the pedals and a lot of screaming sounds pretty good. I do kind of want them rather than like hijacking an existing ferry to stealthily fire up one of the historical boats in the marine in a marine museum so that you've got this like paddle wheeler ferry or something careening <laughs> madly about because they've so yeah they've sort of managed to figure out how to get the boiler going and the engine running without anybody noticing but steering is still an issue for them 
Yeah, something <laughs> something good and good and outrageous like that. Yeah, would be, certainly be appropriate. No, I'm I'm like I'm liking this more and more. Yeah, um, it, it sounds like a really sick like el- version of Elven the Chipmunks to a degree, except Elven is your horrifying corporate overlords. Yeah, and the Chipmunks are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think he very specifically stated that the the bars and the, the the squirrels were different substances. True. But probably still delicious. Mm. <laughs> All right. And apparently uh, yeah. re- reconstitutable into monkey snack bars, which should concern us all. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, so that's the horrible thing yeah. we did with that. It was pretty horrible to start with, and that, that is a um, uh, that is an expression of deepest respect for John. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was a <laughs> terrible idea up. that gave us thoughts that we didn't want to have. Kudos. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. That'd be, yeah. We haven't crossed that line where science is making sentient mascot critters to uh, suffer in the place of the current folks who have to suffer as mascots. I mean, you could argue that anybody who's stuck inside one of those suits at, at Disney is actually a sentient mascot critter. It's just that they're being paid. Yeah. Yeah. We did just have the stuff going down in Disney Town episode, so... Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, right. thank you very much, John and Taz, for that horrible, horrible idea that we love to bits. Yeah, it's uh, squirrelicious, you might say. You might, but you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, in some dark timeline, I went into marketing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, since um, I did that crime... Uh, I should do the time and tell you about my idea. You should. And I don't know if this is like memories of badly assembled Scroggin from my youth or something. Oh, this is going brilliant places already. Wow. Indeed, indeed. indeed. Um, Scroggin is just another word for trail mix if it's not a local, um, in your local dialect. But this made me think of hiking and, you know, things like that where... You know, offering somebody something, you know, something that sounds disgusting, but they might need to survive, seems like an appropriate kind of thing. So yeah, that's a, a yeah, like the gift of animal-based nutrition, which is you know, it's been pretty normal for much of human history, but uh, getting somewhat less sustainable as t- as time wheels on. But thinking around those ideas, and this is. Like I said, this is, this is fairly um, tangential, but what I thought, what I came up with was the idea of a having a game that's driven by the mechanic that you have five characters going on a hike. It's to be played with four players, and each of the each of the 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 characters, like a playbook or an archetype, has certain things. But these abilities or these these the, the circumstances they can use them in differ on which position in the party order that they are and each round you establish things about your your fiction which is maybe you're it's a sunny day and you're going on a nice tramp up the mountain or it's a desperate circumstance you've got to get the the medical supplies to the hut or you're you're doing something like that each each round you establish the fiction and then you change someone you change people's places in the order so that each time Things are slightly things are slightly different, and you advance the story along. So you're doing that in a circular sort of thing, and the 
and the idea of having five characters and four players, that there is somebody that either takes a, an, a, a, an unexpected action or something that you determine as a group in that setting. So you've got this kind of, you've got this, this tension between someone you don't quite understand what their motivations are outside of what you, you're doing already. Is that at all clear? Am I coming through at all? Just a, just a I check? mean, I, I think I get it. Yeah, I think it's a bit bit based on Questlandia, except the idea that there's kind of these these kind of legs of the journey affect how you're doing things, and there's a bit of a matrix between which characters are on which spot. And the, the archetypes I was thinking of is like you'd have a you had a leader who always, who always starts in the, the 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 head of the group and moves one back each time, and you know they're they're they're, they're moving their place moving mechanics or something. They move back for each time and the idea would be is that you're establishing a fiction about them having a reason why they might not finish the journey or they might not finish the journey in like a a, a good you know a particularly good state okay so it's very much a game that is about the journey not the destination very much so and then you're somebody who I randomly attributed the, the vanguard, who is somebody who starts off second, but their, their, their motivation is to finish the journey as quickly as possible, you know, to, to, to power through these things. You have somebody who is a, a caretaker of sorts, who wants everyone to get the best result out of this trip, and is trying to balance things. Somebody who is wants to see all the sights along the way, to balance out the fact that somebody who wants to speed through it, and also, you know, why are, why are you addressing these things on the journey, looking out of, outside of the group? And somebody who I dubbed the penitent, who is trying, who's doing this to prove something. Uh, somebody who feels like they're, they're picked on because they're unfit or something, and they want to prove that they can do this thing. Or maybe they used to do this this this, this journey, and were injured and couldn't, and now they're trying to prove that they can do it. Uh, maybe they're just, you know, older, and feel that people, people aren't, don't respect them as much. And the yeah, so I've got this this kind of woolly notion about having different events and different where people end up in the order affect what happens, or at least the questions you ask about the setting. So you raise different kind of questions of the fiction, and the idea would be getting to the other end intact isn't well. There's likely to be something that happens to make it dramatic, but you you end up arriving at that by the way that the, the, the actors of the thing are manoeuvred into various situations. Hmm. This definitely seems to fall into the category of the somewhat cooperative RPG. Mm-hmm. Sort of think so. I'm thinking things like Our Last Best Hope or uh, Zombie World or that sort of thing, where the, the, the characters may not necessarily all be on the same page. Well... It's your your co-op. The players cooperate to tell a story. It might be a a story of the characters falling apart horribly. <clears throat> Is there some sort of random element to where where in the the marching order, as it were, people move to each time round? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that's what I was thinking. Is I think it'd be it'd be driven by an interaction of basically you get a couple of choices in each spot. Or whether you would move back or forward or something like that, and you end up kind of displacing one another. So it would be there'd actually be quite a strong shuffling going on, and it would be driven by the people's actions that they that they take, and basically make a spectrum of people close to the front would 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 drive a certain behaviour this way, people close to the back would drive a certain other behaviour. I'm not sure what that dynamic would be, 
but the idea that people moving around will effectively act as a randomizer to some degree plus when you when you say if you have an option like your vanguard the person's trying to hurry through it's like okay if there is a couple of questions it's like you decide to answer the question that says okay what terrain is most likely to slow you down and you say oh it's going to be the rocky bits or something okay it's like okay but then it means that okay in that case you you move backwards or forwards or something or you hold your position regardless if someone moves around you so it actually so so the choices you make within each of the sections and i suspect that's there'll be some some analysis to do with how those things play out mm. but you would want that it would allow you to influence if, if basically yeah those those choices act as a randomized to some degree i think that would be an interesting thing to explore and like i say the idea that i was thinking of you at the start of it you'd nominate trailheads which are basically just like cultural like touchstones or stories or something for people to say right oh, let's make it a like a, a forested mountain and we're taking a message somewhere uh, you know in a time of war or something like that and it's like yeah so there's something for people to cling on to and that sort of thing and you make your own sort of little your own sort of little notion about it interesting yeah it, it feels like you want to make sure that each playbook or role or whatever has specific things they can do in each position mm-hmm. that will that will affect what what's going on be it sort of a mm. positive thing or a negative thing yeah. because presumably the person at the um yeah the person at the front can can sort of slow the entire group down but probably mm. can't speed it up the person at the back can probably speed everything up just by doing the come on move it along uh, thing but can't yeah. really slow them down because they'll just get yeah, yeah. There's little mechanics about yeah. that, and you know the, the interactions. I mean, I did plenty, plenty of bushwalks when I grew up, and a, a couple of serious hikes, not uber serious, but fairly you know overnight things and so forth. When still when I was still at school, it's been years since I've done anything like it. You did. You did grow up next to a, a thumping great chunk of national park from memory. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a yeah one of the the world's most eerily circular <laughs> pieces of forest. It, it 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 looks really really weird on uh, aerial photography. Mm, mm, yeah, it's a perfect circle with a mountain in the middle. Of it. Basically, looks like a green pimple. Mm. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. <sighs> but yeah, but there is there is you know to a degree there is kind of a remembering the sort of there was a game about where everyone was in the order and you know. Some people wanted to, you know, go tearing off ahead, or somebody wanted, knew, knew that there was like, oh, we could, we could take a shortcut down this slope of scree and probably bones. Did <laughs> like, <Dead> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it was the kind of thing that kind of worked together. This would be more about rather than winning, the characters might have a um, have different sort of motivations and goals, and seeing how those interact. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think you could you'd either swing between, you know, say some sort of you could be prompting environmental hazards and seeing how they work together, struggle with that, or it could be like a school hike and there's some sort of bitchy schoolyard politics or romance going on in the middle of it. So, yeah. Oh wow, the the, the yes, bitchy schoolyard politics uh, option would be hilarious. Yes. Yes. If you've got the manoeuvring of certain people are constantly trying to be near certain other people, but mm. the reverse is not necessarily true. Yeah. So it's another one of my really half-formed 
mechanical ideas and there's a world full of people uh, who write and publish mini rpgs you know which is very a very daunting prospect but i suspect yeah if if something could be put if i could my main problem is that there's i'm never going to get a chance to play test this stuff because organizing regular games seems to be tricky enough so functionally impossible weirdly weirdly difficult Mm. um given the technologies and the fact people are currently housebound but yes I was happy to come up with an idea which is, like I said, wildly tangential to the logical progression. Like I say, John's was very logically progressed from the thing, but yeah, that's, that's what that's what it said to me. Yours progressed by association. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So, please share with us your gooder and less gooder idea. <laughs> I'll go with the less gooder because it was really it, it's really just a, a one shot uh, well in fact a one scene idea for something that could be thrown into a I suspect very comical superhero game. Mm-hmm. And it's the the idea of yeah and again it's just using here have a protein squirrel and the idea of either the, the the leader of your team of superheroes, or possibly for, for better comedy value, the leader of your your team of supervillains. Possibly you are the the underlings looking at the task ahead and saying, "Hmm, that's going to be a bit tricky." Hmm, here, have a protein squirrel, and just sort of assigning them a protein squirrel. And a protein squirrel in this case is not a squirrel made of protein. It is somebody who, yeah, a squirrel probably genetically engineered squirrel who has been just pumped with an enormous number of steroids and supplements and has spent a lot of time at the gym so that it inexplicably has a six pack. I <laughs> uh, just like the idea of here, have a protein, protein squirrel. And he sort of gestures and this, this utterly roided out squirrel that just yells all the time turns up and just sort of follows along to help out with the, um, with the mission while yelling and flexing and probably drinking protein shakes. That's all that idea was. That's fair. I did discard any attempt to make an idea based on the camel yoga instructor from the anime Agretzko. Because <laughs> the only thing the character says is, PROTEIN! <laughs> and that's not even, you know, they don't even translate that or anything. He's just, that's his only thing. The, thing. the fact that he's a yoga instructor makes even less sense. But he is kind of jacked, for, even for a camel. That is an interesting way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's just wacky. Yeah, th- that's what I think. Like, okay, I can't think of a way to make that a game. That and the fact that you, why are you saying protein squirrel? Are there carbohydrate squirrels and hydration squirrels? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those just sound ridiculous, but a protein squirrel is fine. Um, yeah, okay. Right. So, that was, that was the stupid idea out of the way. Here's the less stupid idea. Uh, which, which, to be fair, mostly came out of what what kind of the core of the conversation that led to the phrase "here have a protein squirrel" was, which is effectively people people not really understanding the natural world at all. Right. So, in the case of the original one, it was the Alpha Complex troubleshooters not really understanding that a squirrel is not a furry protein bar that runs around. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not primarily. Not primarily. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 there's there's a, a fundamental disconnect. I didn't really want to do, yeah, to, to come up with a pitch for that game, because technically we'd already pitched it, and then John came up with something much better. So mm-hmm. I instead started thinking about, well, okay, how, how, do, how do we come up with a game that is 
is all about people effectively running into a completely completely incomprehensible to them environment and trying trying to live in it trying to trying to trying to make it their home and i guess much like your uh, your idea this is more about the journey than the destination mm-hmm. and it, it again goes into see some some classic craig or big red couch tropes of uh, uh long interstellar voyages and colonization because <laughs> uh, it was basically the idea of sort of Protein squirrel. Okay, well, proteins are collections. They are collections of molecules. Squirrel. Sure, it's a furry creature, but there's also the idea of squirreling stuff away, storing mm. it. And so, maybe in this context, a protein squirrel is something that effectively is kind of mindlessly wandering around in the environment, collecting and storing, or possibly, if the environment is weird enough, creating proteins and stashing them away for when they're useful. Hmm. So where I came up with is, and this is this is draw, drawing on a few sources, but yeah, there's the whole idea of okay, we want to colonize another um, solar system, so we'll we'll build our our big asteroid starship and we'll fire it off, and tens of generations will live and die on this thing before they get to their destination, whatever. Yeah. Or maybe we put everybody into cold sleep and we do it that way. Or maybe we record people's memories and then we just kind of rehydrate them at the end. And if you had the ability to sort of take effectively take a copy of a person and build them a new body and your technology was good enough you could maybe do something like well we could build this enormous asteroid starship to do this with or we could just kind of seed an asteroid with the appropriate bits fire it on its way and let the automated systems just kind of build the environment while it's in transit so that by the time they get to their destination tunnels have been um have been carved out the various devices, including protein squirrels, have gone through, pulled the various organic molecules that they need from the environment as they're mining it out, and constructed from the ground up the foodstuffs that people are going to need. This kind of thing. Right. So it's a like autonomous food-slash-feedstock collection thing, and it either, you know, you, it's mining your particularly... Um, organic molecule rich asteroid or you've sent it on ahead to do quite a number on the uh, the the environment that you're sending it to indeed you you could go either way uh, there was a book i read a few years ago by greg bear uh, called hull zero three which hmm. basically is told from the point of view of a character who wakes up again it's you know, somebody waking up in an environment that they really don't understand because they're on a colonization spaceship where things aren't going well, and there are a lot of threats that they just, some of them are environmental, some of them are other creatures on the, the spaceship, and effectively it's the story of trying to survive, trying to figure out what the hell is going on, and trying to fix it. And so I can see basically sort of two games that, that come out of what I've set up. There's either the okay, your your giant asteroid starship has reached this other solar system, you've been woken up. But nobody really thought too hard about what happens when you've got these people who are effectively recordings of a person who lived on a future Earth who is waking up in this utterly remade environment where protein squirrels are just a thing, Hmm. trying to figure out how on Earth to live there, or flipping it around, you can have, you know, presumably you kind of rehydrate everybody on your starship 
a little bit before you get to your destination. So you've got the people who are used to this this incredibly artificial environment who are now expected to drop onto a planet and live there, presumably interact with the people who are already there because it's a role-playing game. It's nice for people to have somebody to talk to. You haven't played Fallout 76, apparently. <laughs> I believe you know that is correct. Um, yes, yes. Sorry, it's just a gamer joke. I, I, do not, I do not get the gamer joke. I am sorry. I am a terrible, terrible person. As an expl- explanatory, three decades of single-player RPG with, with based originally on, like, GURPS, with lots of, like, moral choices and, and fascinating characters, and, you know, gunplay as well, more recent ones was replaced with a multiplayer online with no people in it and just, like, quest portal robots. Oh, that does not sound fun. People have struggled to make it fun. Oh, dear. They actually recently updated, like, a year after it went live with... Content. Well, yeah. Um, Living in PCs and it, and it's like, hmm, still a bit janky. How (laughs) did they not see that that was going to be a problem, I wonder? They thought they were going to be able to slap in a battle royale mode and it would all be fine. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Um, wow. Well. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, yes, that is that is the basic idea. I, I genuinely couldn't decide between whether it would be a more entertaining game to have a bunch of ostensibly modern-day people kind of be woken up in this very weird environment with sort of the protein squirreling units and and all that kind of thing and essentially find themselves in the situation of of trying to figure out okay so how do we get out of this hollowed out asteroid and onto the planet that is right there assuming we can even figure out that there is a planet right there hmm or the flip side being yeah they so that was was option one option two which maybe has more legs to it is Mm -hmm. um the idea that these people, you know, the, the, the system worked, people got woken up, they got basically sort of drop-potted onto a planet. The planet is inhabited by people who aren't human, and it's more or less the game of trying to find your own place there in a natural environment that is probably utterly unfamiliar to you, partially because it's entirely alien, and partially because you're used to going to the food dispenser on the wall to get a protein bar. Yeah. If the fish out of water is sort of this general mishmash of cultures and so forth, it could be the circumstance that the colonists have been, been, been shot off, there is enough of a time dilation effect and an uncertainty about when people are going to arrive, and maybe there's some sort of vagaries of hyperspace or something. But it meant that, you know, multiple generations of colonists have arrived out of sequence and you know maybe it's like a deceleration thing and so forth and maybe there is sort of there needs to be sort of retracking but they're basically just all kind of tumbled out over a space of time but they represent like different eras Mm. um, vastly different places on earth and you maybe yeah maybe just like oh yeah people thought that was a really good idea so we sent a few more for um, a few more seed ships, and then you've got the latest protein squirreling technology. Uh, they kind of made kind of a mess of the place, but you know. <laughs> uh, it's of some sort of anarchic, not be the right word, but very muddled attempt to impose the will of, or at least the, the form of human habitation on this world, which is not all working in the same, to the same ends. Ah, 
I get it. Yeah. This is inspired somewhat by a competitor to Fallout 76 called The Outer Worlds. It's a competitor because it's also a computer game mostly, but it was more along the lines of the previous Fallout game. It's about, you know, you spend most of your time talking to people and then shooting them. But yes, so it's a, the possibility that the, rather than having this sort of orderly single organization does all the stuff, I mean, there's recently been some um, stuff put out about the colonial times in New Zealand, which may not have come to an end yet, depends who you ask. Basically, the the horrific rip-off merchants that were dealing with uh, the arriving people from Europe and England, and the general double standards in dealing with the um, indigenous Maori. So, yeah, the kind of thing where nobody is in the right and it's all very muddled would be interesting. Because, you know, maybe they're coming from several centuries apart, and fundamentally having your, your hypercortex linked to the gigaweb might be really useful, but maybe that's not online just yet. Uh, I like that. That's that that has yeah, that adds some nice twists to fish out of water. Yeah, like all of the fish are out of all of the water and it's all a bit loose. Like it. And I do I do like the idea that if there were any intelligent native inhabitants of the planet, maybe they haven't found they they haven't been discovered yet. Because they basically saw what was happening and are basically hiding <laughs> for their own protection. Or maybe even like, like somebody is launching missiles with weirdos who have been turned into soup, who need, who, who 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 require reconstitution at the at the distant end. This is clearly a thing. Let's find an isolated place and decant some of them and try and figure out what's going on. Maybe they they are also playing both ends. Like, you know, this could turn out really badly for us. But still, I want to see what's going on. <laughs> mm. Okay, yes, I, I was imagining mm. a sort of a a group of of very kind of low tech approach colonists, possibly just heading out into the wilderness to escape from the complete nut bars with the uh, the protein squirreling machines, kind of mm. creeping their way through a cave, sort of finding some, you know, some sort of rock outcropping up high and sort of looking out over over the, the landscape and then having some alien just kind of sit down next to them and say, so, you're hiding from the weirdos too, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's just, yeah. That's just how my mind works. Um, cool. Yep, yep. Okay, that's, yeah, that, that took that to a, a much better place than it started. Yeah, it's a very fine nuance on our, very, on our classic big red couch colony ship inhabiting other worlds delayed waves of colonists and things like that but it could be intriguing where it's all kind of well yeah when you left doesn't really tell us when you're going to arrive and there's a bunch of things which are out of order and things are in different states when people's left and no one knew what was going to be there when they arrived so <clears throat> like everyone has a shovel we've got like two shovels for every 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 inhabitant nobody brought any toilet paper or something like that yeah oh this is a coronavirus thing Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought back around. Yeah, somehow. nice. Yeah, yeah, that could be cool. Yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. I would want to handle, possibly as satirically and 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 po- and proddingly as possible, the effects of colonization on the uh, locals. But oh yeah, yeah, uh, you want to be, be shining a really big spotlight on that. De- depending on the vibe you went with, I mean, you could 
if you wanted to go with the the utter horror approach, and I mean this is the the, the real utter horror approach, you keep finding the ruins of these, you know, the the ruins of these villages that were. And, and towns, and possibly even cities, that were clearly built for something that wasn't human, because just the proportions mm. are wrong, and not in an H.P. Lovecraft kind of way. Just it's just like these 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 things were not shaped shaped like us. And there's the whole thing of what happened to these these creatures? When did they die out? Sort of, a, they they died out about the same time we arrived. Why haven't we found any remains other than what was already in the ground? Oh, because they're a protein source. Hmm. I'm not sure where you go with that, but the idea that your colonization effort basically just ripped through and destroyed yeah, gather, gathering the necessary oh. materials to build you basically just effectively a, a directed grey goo scenario. It just harvested all of the life forms on, a, on the world and just replaced them with stuff from the pattern bags. Yep. That's, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that could be very, very pointed. I, I don't know like, how yeah. you conclude that game. <laughs> like that's that feels like a short, sto- a brilliant short story setup or even a novel mm. setup. I, I'm not sure how you make a game of that. Indeed, indeed. Other than oh, we are monsters. Excellent. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's it's up there with it's a cookbook and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's that's that, that's the kind of thing that you you probably want your players not to feel even accidentally responsible for. Yeah, I I would be um I'd be quite happy with the idea that the aliens are just sort of have fenced off a section of the planet, going, "Wow, these guys are wild." <laughs> <laughs> They've just directed everything. Yeah, you know, why did all of these um these probes end up in the one area? Like, yeah, because we put them all there because you're all idiots. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, we wanted to see what was going on. I mean, we're not crazy. We wanted you to all be in one place, but yeah, yeah, we we didn't want to just arbitrarily shoot you out of the sky, though. It was a close vote. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's, there's a fine line between arrow breaking and litho breaking. Just pointing that one out. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> all right. So I I think we've done terrible, terrible things to that idea. Uh, and it, frankly, it had it coming. Yeah, it deserved it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it knows what it did. And so that brings us to the, the last part of our show, which is figuring out what on earth we're going to do next. So after a rigorous polling process, we actually ended up with a three-way tie. Gasp. Indeed. And so I am pleased and slightly surprised to announce that uh, the... Prompt for episode 142 of The Big Red Couch will be Power Drift. And, due to the uh, remarkable nature, we have pre-selected, in semi-random order, the prompts for the following two episodes, which will be revealed in due course. That was very portentous. I, 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 was, I, I, was, I was feeling well portented. Thank you. Mm. Indeed. Portentous as all bilio. Oh, yeah. So... Indeed, the fates have, uh, and as much as the fates were involved, laid out a plan, which is, I think you'll you'll appreciate. No, that's building up too much. I've got to wait it back a bit. Stuff happened. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you again for listening to us ramble on. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you'll enjoy the next show. Indeed. And uh, until then, stay home and stay safe. And enjoy a tasty protein squirrel on us.
They're delicious. Square! Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!